Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Six. And Father, I, I want to go off of a, a point that you said in our, our last episode about how it requires faith to move through the Gospels. And I, I might be making an inaccurate analogy here, uh, but it's something that, I, that has thought has hit me before. So to take it out of the, the religious world for just a moment, when we as people enter into doing a new skill or a new task, and we don't know how it's going to turn out, there can be a tendency to do it a little bit fearful, a little bit more attentively, um, maybe even a little bit slower. Uh, so to, to give an example here, um, when someone's using a new type of, of material or technique to, to build a drywall wall to finish it, you'll see people oftentimes in the beginning like kind of test it, go slow with it and not dive in. And then you'll see that same individual after doing 20 walls flying through it at a million miles an hour. And it looks actually better than it did the first time because they have developed a belief in this system and a knowledge of how it's going to work out. And I correlate that to, to faith because in relationships, we might be hesitant in the beginning to, to trust someone or to rely upon them for something. So you can look at that as, as a relationship that, that you have with, with a spouse in the beginning of your dating. Do I really want to let, do I really want to lay all of my problems on them right now? Like, are they going to be able to handle this or are they going to think I'm crazy and run away? Um, and we kind of build up these muscles of knowing that this is going to work and this is working. And I bring this specifically to you because you're a priest and, and you have seen the Holy Spirit work in so many ways and you know that it will work. So essentially, this might be a, a stupid definitional type question, but at some point when you know something is going to work, it's a belief and you just know it's going to work and there's no mystery to it because God's got this long story short. And where the question is, is when you know it's going to work, technically is it faith? Because you just know it's going to work. And I know I got, that was a long way to get there, but I think that that's how we experience things. And, and maybe my starting thought process of how faith works is incorrect. But from my experience and seeing this in others, it seems to be a universal human nature thing. Um, well, I, the, the analogy, because God is a person with freedom, then the analogy has to be a, more of a, a relational analogy. Um, I, I know that it's going to work in the same way that I know that when we say we're going to meet at nine to record this podcast, that you're going to show up, Joe, because I've learned over time that you show up when you say you're going to show up. Now, that's, you know, maybe there was one time that you forgot. There's probably more times that I forgot. Um, but that's where we, there's, there's freedom there. And so when I say I know something is going to work when it's coming, when it relies on a person, um, or I know how somebody's going to respond, I know that within some limit and then ultimately within the, the limit of their own personal freedom. And so 
God always remains free. And that's where he doesn't become just an extension of our will. A hammer works in a different way. Now, even a hammer breaks and things like that. I mean, there are some times that things fail that uh, are mechanical, instrumental, but uh, especially with a person, we we develop that um, that sense of, well, they, they always have a freedom. And then we develop a trust as we come to know them, how they will respond and how faithful they will be to the the promises or the the regular things that they do. Um, so, so I, I guess that that dimension of freedom is the is the critical part. And furthermore, when it's an encounter of two freedoms, which is what every relationship is, and that's what prayer is, and that's what uh, we are dealing with in terms of faith. If I'm going to talk about evangelization, I know that God is going to show up. Uh, I don't know exactly how He's going to show up, and I don't know if the other person is going to show up in the right way uh, that they really need to in order to meet him and to be open to the grace that he wants to give them. So there is still a lot of mystery. There's always a mystery wherever there's freedom because I can't guarantee. And even God in that sense, can't guarantee our freedom really is free. And so we can resist his will in, in some sense, we could say he doesn't know what we will do. Um, you know, he allowed freedom. Now there's a, there's a mystery there too, as, as God certainly has a, a view of all things, but uh, whenever there's freedom, there's going to be a, a mystery and there's a need for, for trust. So do I know that two plus two is always going to equal four? Yep, I sure do. And that's mathematical certainty. That's a different kind of thing. And then we can talk about, you know, moral certainty. That's uh I believe that this is going to work out. I can I can place my trust in this in order to make uh, conscientious decisions about whatever it is. So there's a, a different kind of certainty, a different kind of trust, a different kind of freedom. And so the, the mystery remains intact there. So where I was trying to come from there is specifically in, in the sacraments, but, but also as a carryover to the rest of your ministry, you know that that Christ is is present in, in all the sacraments. That that that's not something where where he's going to not show up to a recording. For an example, Christ is there. Um, it was was kind of where my starting point was, and and I, yeah, to to what you're saying about the relationship. The more you can rely upon someone, the, the more you, you you know it'll happen. And as someone who's performing the sacraments and and seeing them in each of their own unique ways, depending upon the sacrament. Um, but being there and, and participating in them um, from a perspective that the lay ministry can't, um, that's where I, I w- was coming from. And then seeing how that can carry over to the rest of your ministries um, that that may not be a specific administering of a sacrament, but but in the something like this, in, in teaching people and, and knowing that that God is with you and that it will work out, I guess is what I was trying to get to. I might've fumbled my way through saying that, but I think that you get what I'm trying to articulate. Yeah. So uh, we believe that he is always present in the sacraments and that's because he promised that he entrusted that to his church and uh, he is true to his word. So apparently not everybody believes that he's there. (laughs) And, and so it is a matter of, 
uh, belief that he will that he will show up. Yeah, in terms of his freedom, so we he has limited his freedom through his promises, and uh, we certainly have that in terms of the sacraments and and some other things like the the guarantee of truth that he won't let the church go astray, and uh, also his presence again primarily sacramentally, but in terms of the proclamation of the scriptures, that whenever the scriptures are read, it's Christ himself who speaks to us. So there is a kind of guaranteed presence. He, he promises to show up in, uh, in those settings. And that's, that's a fairly unique thing. In other areas, you know, every time I go to pray, well, Jesus is there. How is he going to speak to me? Uh, what can I, you know, if I ask for something, can I guarantee that it's going to happen? Uh, this this is where we experience even more the the freedom of God who is arranging things for the sake of our own uh, salvation. Um, not sure if I've gotten it at what you're trying to. Well, no, I I, I think that that w- w- what I'm ultimately getting to is is that I, I guess it's, it's it's kind of here or there is 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 this it, when it becomes this certain. You know, as you said before, when you have math, two plus two is going to equal four. If you put some water in concrete and then let it sit around, it will become super hard. Um, like, that's just the way that, that some things are. And when we know that Christ will, will be in our midst of every mass, um, when we know that, that, that he has come to us in various different ways through the sacraments, um, it can just be a, a great deal of strength of when we sit in prayer that, that we're not going to be abandoned or forgotten. That, yes, the, the way that he communicates with each of us is going to be different because the way we communicate with every person in each relationship is going to be different. Um, you know, we use different words, different ways of saying things and just have different conversations with different people. Um, so what I was trying to get to that is that the more that, that, that you can reach out to Christ and and know that he's there, the more likely is that you will do it again. And the closer that that relationship will form. And you have, you as a priest specifically, have that unique view of seeing your congregation in various points along this journey of their relationship with Christ. And... You've seen, you have, you, I'm sure you have seen people that are, are very close to Christ and, 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 and know that the power of this relationship and some people that are very speculative and, and probably rarely ever even check in with God. So where I was going with this was here was how to give encouragement for all of us, no matter where we are in that journey, to keep going through it and, and to keep coming closer to Christ. Because we don't live in a world where we can see Jesus feed us all or, or um, you know, make a thousand fish in front of us or remove leprosy. Uh, we're just not on the same planet at the same time. We missed that by a couple thousand years. So you are still able to see people who go through that transformation and go down that road of that relationship with Christ. And that's why I wanted to articulate it because you know it will work. You have seen it work. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. So I wanted to take a minute or two to articulate that. 
I think I got lost in the midst of that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, to, to, to get to the point, um, you, by being the you know, administrator of sacraments, um, see God and his power. And throughout your congregation, there are people who are all in and can see the, the, the power and benefits of being close to Christ and those that do not. And I wanted to spend a minute specifically articulating about people who are getting close to Christ and and why it's worth doing essentially yeah it's a uh, yeah why is why is any relationship worth developing um, why not be a completely isolated individual uh, I think that's a sort of starting point and uh, then a relationship with a divine person obviously is going to take on its own uh, shape and qualities and uh, fruitfulness. And and certainly I have seen not, I, I don't have a congregation. I'm not a parish priest. And so I don't uh, have a random you know group of people who are associated only by the fact that they live in the same geographical area who I meet with. I I sort of have a privileged view of meeting with those people generally who are already on the journey as a spiritual director, as an author of Catholic books. Um, I tend to speak to the advanced a little bit more, if you will. The people who are a little bit more invested have already made some steps on the journey. You know, I think roughly speaking, we can see some thresholds of conversion. I think Sherry Waddell has done some great work with this in her um uh, in uh, intentional discipleship uh, books and and related materials, identifying that the first step is is trust an initial trust, which can be open to curiosity and develop into openness and ultimately seeking, and that those are the stages that people who don't know Christ, uh, maybe don't know God at all, would take. That initial trust is a trust in a person. Usually there has to be a human relationship that starts things out and then opens to a curiosity about God and, and through faith, and then uh, a greater openness to really hear things that are new and uh, an approach to life that's new, and then becomes a seeking and some more hunger to find out more, to really seek out more, not just be open to hearing it. And then that stage of, an, of intentional discipleship where a, a disciple, a person, chooses to uh, leave their nets, as she expresses it, you know, what, the kind of thing we hear in the, the, uh, the story of the apostles, Peter and Andrew, James and John were all fishermen, and Christ called them, and they left their nets and followed him. And what is that step of following him? They just shifted their whole life. Their life was revolved around fishing, in part, Involved, revolved around family and community and Galilee, and they shifted the whole center of their life to be about Christ. And he took them back to Galilee, even took them uh, or you know, out on the lake. I don't know if he took them fishing, but certainly they fished at some point towards the end. Um, but in any event, he became the center of their life. They displaced other centers in order to make him the center. And that step of intentional discipleship is... Uh, just something amazing. We see how it transforms lives all over the place. And I can certainly testify to that from the many people that I meet with 
who are really already intentional disciples, most of them. Most of them have made the decision to place Christ at the center, and they talk with me because they want to grow more in that relationship. Having entered into discipleship, what are the stages of purification, the stages of growth in prayer? What are the areas of the, the moral life or our human healing that are necessary? What obstacles need to be removed to grow closer to God? Uh, how, do, how do we live that out in terms of vocation and uh, place ourselves in the service of the church? It's those kinds of questions, those kinds of uh, exploratory directions that I often walk with people in. And so I do get to see the incredible benefit of that. There's, there's a sense of purpose. I like Jordan Peterson's analysis that life has suffering, and the only way that we get through suffering is by having sufficient meaning to endure it, and then even to be grateful in the midst of it. And Christ gives that sufficient meaning, makes suffering meaningful, and uh, our lives meaningful enough to endure suffering, rather. And suffering itself becomes meaningful in light of the, of the gospel. So, yeah, I see people who are living differently who are living uh, lives of medicine, surgeons, lawyers, uh, business leaders, C-level executives, uh, dentists, and, uh, you know, whatever, blue-collar workers. Uh, so a lot of people living in a lot of circumstances who learn that living with faith really makes a huge difference in their lives. And making that decision to place Christ at the center to move through those thresholds of conversion and then to continue that uh, that journey of faith is transforming, is life-changing for, uh, for, for the people that I talk with uh, personally in all of those different areas of life. And one of the things you mentioned there is that doesn't mean that pain goes away. That doesn't mean that, that some things that you don't want to have happen are going to just disappear. People still will pass away. Um, and that, that is part of life. Um, but when we're talking about a relationship and a trust in, in God, you don't have have undulce uh, suffering. Because suffering is trying to resist pain and deal with it on a way that you want to, rather than trusting essentially God that, that he will take care of it. Um, to kind of get where I started with here is that you know, as as you discussed here, you're, you're dealing with people on, on the advanced side of the curve that you know that when you trust in God that it's worth it and that it's worth going to do something that's hard that you can start and knowing that this journey is going to be difficult, but if there's a reason for it and that if you have God with you, it's worth doing it. And you just outlined a bunch of professions and certainly every profession um, we just haven't met the the individual there yet. Um, there's someone in there who has a relationship to Christ. And that in itself might be the answer about where it's it's worth it. That there's going to be days that you don't like what happened at work for whatever example you want to pick with it. But giving in to anger or giving in to Christ are two very different things. And to give in to Christ ends up making situations better in that moment that you're in, but also significantly better in all of the long run. And, and I think that when we talk about relationship with Christ, it's one of the few things where I see that you both can get a benefit in the short run and the long run. 
most things in life you get one or the other but not both and i think that my experience is is that going down this journey of being closer to christ gives you both a better long run and a short run um, in all things so with that being said father we're, we're getting towards the end of today's episode i want to give you a chance to conclude it and to uh to take us home here yeah yeah and, and i just say uh you know it's it's an area that like i said about the bible i guess in our last uh podcast that sometimes i uh, am not bold enough in telling people just pick it up and start reading it because i know that at a natural level it's challenging it's a different kind of genre than we're used to and sometimes i'm not bold enough to say to people you know just say a prayer like just make an act of faith just ask the lord to help you and and he will he comes through and i'm not bold enough in that um I, i'm really interested in these questions well like in the in the long run you know what does this really look like what difference does it make in my life and I, I press into that question pretty deeply and I, I try to validate that in a realistic way. I don't want to overstate things, but at the same time, it's worth, as you said, there's a short term and a long term and the, and the short term is like, just try it, you know, just say a prayer, just go to mass, uh, just tell Jesus that you want to follow him. Just tr try, try doing it. And again, if, uh, you know, to reference Jordan Peterson, he's like, pick up the heaviest burden that you can carry. Uh, just start doing something. And he says, you know, just start cleaning your room. Just do something to put order into chaos. Try it. And, and that's, I think, so critical. And then as you try it, then we can work on the other stuff. And it's the other stuff that I spend most of my time working on because I'm working with people who already took the step of trying it. And But knowing that there are some people, at least in our podcast, who, are, you know, might be on the fence or might have thought about it or like pick up the Bible and start reading it. Just Get on your knees and, and say a prayer. Dear God, help me. I don't know what to do. I really want your help. I want to follow you. I want to know more about this. I can feel that my life doesn't have the, the meaning that I want it to. The suffering is really hard. I don't know where to go. Please help me. Like just say that prayer just to, just to reach out. And, and, and God will provide, sometimes in instantaneous ways, sometimes in indirect ways. Um, but but he really does provide. And then it has an ongoing benefit over time as we really live with our eyes on Christ, hold him up as the highest ideal, follow him as, as closely as we can. Perfect. And what a beautiful thing to carry forward in the next mass or in the next week, an action step that we can carry moving the next week. So we thank you all for listening and we'll be with you again next week.